This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, and even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 631, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Fanboy Pick of the Week episode 600. 
31. Woo! Those, those, those numbers don't get any lower. Like every number in my life. <laughs> keep on creeping up. Well, this one isn't necessarily bad. No. Except for as it works as a metaphor to those other numbers. Sure. Anyway, I'm Josh Flanagan. This is my host, Connor Kilpatrick. It's me. I've got the numbers. We And we clearly have issues. <laughs> and that's what this show is. We talk about comic books, but right behind that are those issues. <laughs> All the time. Lurking. Like We're Moon Knight. We distract ourselves by reading a stack of comics. One of us has the job of picking their favorite comic. But just under that. <laughs> Anxiety. Anxiety. <laughs> 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 oh boy! Won't you review comics and suddenly uh, journey into middle age with us? Sure. Won't you please Let's do it? We'll talk about that. <laughs> we'll talk about those books. We'll skirt around some of those issues. Uh, we'll talk about other books from the week and suddenly refer to some of that stuff. And then the patron pick—I'm sure it will come up in the powers. Uh, and if we have time, we'll read some, read some listener mail, and it's almost certainly going to come out there. Mm-hmm. It should be fun. Air quotes. Here's your spoiler warning. This is a review show. Uh, there will be spoilers. Use some caution about that. That one is pretty much untouched by anything personal we have going on. Correct. Connor, you have the pick of the week. Yeah. After last week's Monster Week, which included a, a Action Comics 1000 and a, a bunch of books that felt like they were oversized, I thought, I don't know why I thought, but I thought this week was going to be light. At I, I, first, it seemed like it. And then I was like, oh, there's that one. Oh, there's this one. Oh, and this one. I looked at the shipping list and I thought, okay, this isn't too bad. And then by the time I finished downloading all my books i had over i had like 20 books so that was good i like comics but i was also looking for a light week after last week anyway moon knight 194 was the pick and we talked about 193 last time it was the final issue of the first arc and we were both discussing whether or not we wanted to keep going on moon knight and i wasn't sure but i saw the teaser for this issue had art by ty templeton and ty templeton is an artist who was a bigger deal uh, we'll say 20 years ago. I don't like to say it's that long ago, but I, I think that is more correct than not. He was a guy who did a lot of work on, on, on the Giffen and Matias Justice League, but towards the later, middle and later parts. But he was, he was a bigger deal in the 80s and, and 90s. And I always liked his art a lot. So I thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll give it one more go for Templeton. And first of all, I thought this book looked great. I was, I didn't know what I was expecting. He had, he had a bunch of different styles he could do, but he also would do a lot of the animated books, so he had that kind of style as well. So I didn't know what to expect from his art. Here we had a very clean, classic look to the book, which I thought fit the story very well. What this ended up being was a basically one-shot issue. And I don't know if this has ever been discussed before, because as we said, we, we like Moon Knight, but we're not like Moon Knight experts. Sure. I don't know if it's ever been discussed before how it was or why... Uh, Mark Spector had dissociative personality disorder. And here we we investigate a childhood trauma in w- that causes it. And it's called Moon Knight Origin, but it isn't about him becoming a superhero. It's, be- it's about becoming who he Nuts. is mentally. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I thought the same thing. I was like, I don't, I don't know if this is like, if it's just never been a thing, if there's canon or whatever, but I tend, I tend to think of it like the Joker a little bit. Like, okay, here's, here's a thing right. that they're kind of going to explain to us. But like if 10 years from now, you're like, no, no, what happened was this. I don't know how much credence that would have. And also with, with this kind of – with a character who is uh, mentally unreliable. unreliable, you can have different kind of things. Yep, yep. Uh, either way, uh, it was – and I say that because it was – it was a, I was going to write to you and be like, did you make sure you read this? <laughs> but obviously you did before I got a chance to do that. 
it was a very specific comic book. And at first I was like, oh, we're going to explore the fact that Mark is Jewish. And I hadn't really thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. And then we go back and, and he had a very, you know, Jewish upbringing. He was like, you know, in, in a synagogue all the time. Hanging out with rabbis. Yeah. Yeah. I did not see like he would hang out in the in the sort of basement of the synagogue looking for stuff like that would be a thing he would do for fun as a as an adolescent, I guess. And then it took a turn that I really didn't see coming. But I guess this is a horror book, really. Yeah, so we gave a spoiler warning. I wasn't paying attention when you were talking earlier. As, yeah. as per usual. Uh, I assume we gave the spoiler warning. I did. So this is not a comic about Moon Knight. It's about a kid who, as, as Josh just said, was hanging out in the synagogue. He liked to pretend to be Indiana Jones in their archives room and all their old trinkets and icons. And he had a, a buddy who his, it was his dad's best friend. Who was I guess he he was the rabbi right he yeah. was and he was this you know old funny rabbi that he liked to hang out with and Mark makes the the most gruesome discovery when he's down in that room that the rabbi is in fact a hidden Nazi war criminal who was pretending to be a rabbi who only escaped by pretending to be uh, one of the prisoners in in the concentration camp and it just takes a very awful and uh, dark turn and I thought this was a terrific issue. And really dark and really personal. You know, yeah. you could have taken Moon Knight off the cover, and this could have been a really great indie book. I didn't see, I didn't see any of this coming <laughs> from the beginning. That I was like, we're we're gonna go back to his youth in the synagogue. Okay, that's interesting. And he's got this this rabbi who everyone thinks is really funny and cool who tells Jewish jokes. And I was like, that's weird. <laughs> you know, and you know, like how many Jewish guys to take to whatever whatever that thing is. Like he was the rabbi was doing that, which is okay because that's what the rabbi's doing. And then it takes the turn, and he's like, my name is Ernst. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I really had a – I mean, I thought, I thought, well, okay, he's a, he's a killer down there. There's something weird about it. No, he's also a Nazi, and he tells a story of how – and normally when you get the page that is the block of text explaining, yes, it, you know, it's like, this shouldn't be here. But the page, which is the block of text explaining how he got to be in this position, I was riveted. I was like, oh, my, oh my goodness. How – Oh, that's terrible. Yes. I mean, you basically, you take out the words Red Skull, and you have no idea this is a Marvel mm-hmm. comic. Yeah. One of Ernst's things, he was on the team that helped create the Red Skull. That was basically right. the only, only connection to Marvel comics other than the kid being Mark Spector. He has not stopped his Nazi experimentation ways, as Mark discovers in the basement of the synagogue. It just was very dark. It was also very moving, I thought, as well. Also, the capper to it is that the dude took off. And is gone. And Mark never told anyone. Right. So, I mean, I know we have material here for the future, clearly, but that's also like, that's a, that's a tough choice for your quote-unquote hero to ha- be living with. With so, a child, as, you know, yeah. he, he fights the guy oh. off from killing him, and he escapes, and the guy basically says, I always come back. If you say anything about me, I'll be back for you. I always come back. And then, you know, it's revealed that the guy basically packed up in the middle of the night and left, and, and left a note saying he was moving to a different synagogue. And was never seen or heard from again. And Mark just never told anyone. Never told his dad. Mm-hmm. And then and we cut to the future in which he's explaining to his daughter, who we've met in the first arc, about his disorder. Without giving her any any uh, details about yeah. why it happened. But it, I thought this is just, as a whole, as a package, this was a really terrific, very personal, uh, very dark, disturbing. There's, you know, the last page, he's laying in the bed with his daughter. and Yeah. He says it's some you know he created his personalities in his head for when he gets really upset or lonely and and she says well what's the big deal and there's a flash panel of all in red of the guy holding a knife and then the next panel's Mark sort of wincing wincing and you know driving that memory out of his head and it's just man it was 
it was a really emotional and dark page. Yeah. Really good. Real, this is a really terrific issue. I'm glad I read it. Yeah, and, and, and entirely unexpected. Yes, for sure. That's the best like kind of Like on a, on a week where, yeah. I mean, some weeks you really want the thing that like, oh, they're doing this thing just the right way, but some sometimes something sneaks up on you. Right. You know, this whole Max Bamish run's been pretty good. Yeah, now I don't know if I'm going to keep going, as we said last time, but mm-hmm. I've enjoyed all 194 issues of Moon Knight I've read so far. It hasn't been 90, 194, it's been seven? You've, it's 194, though. I see, okay. Well, if you're looking for a really great... 20-page story that is more about emotion and fear and what it means to be a child with a secret. And, uh, you know, Moon 194 is a terrific issue. Great art by Ty Templeton. Great story by Max Bemis. I couldn't recommend this more highly. This is, I think, one of the better single issues I've read in a while. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. So there's your pick of the week. It was honestly no contest once I read that issue. And I read it fairly early on. I was like, wow, I don't think anything's going to beat that. And... Nothing did, but there was other good stuff to read this week. Alien Dust to Dust, number one of four, was not a comic I would have ever given a look to, but it was, for a while, the leader for the patron pick, and I thought, okay, well, if this wins, I'm going to have to read it, obviously. So I looked, and it was written and drawn by Gabriel Hardman. I did not know that. I feel like I should have known that before I started reading it. (laughs) I looked at the cover, and I went, oh, what? And I know that Gabriel Hardman is a very big fan of Alien right. as a film. And so I thought, oh, this will be a delightful treat because it's going to be a take on this world from somebody who really appreciates it mm-hmm. and, and also has specific thoughts about what it is and what it should be. So here's – I think that this was really good. However, I'm going to give a criticism, and it has nothing to do with Hardman at all. It's just that I think the nature of the beast It's that on the page, the xenomorph doesn't look so much scary as kind of silly. And it, it, well, it works better when it's when it's hidden in the shadows of a movie and it and it moves and you really can't see it. I, mean, I think that became part of the problem with the later Alien films, and I'm not going to really get too deep into that. Well, but I mean, I mean when, it, when you see it running around, well, it's kind of silly looking. Well, there's a problem. I mean, it's a problem in the certainly in the original movie when like I think you finally see the one guy in the suit, you yeah. know, and so it's it's clearly a person in suit. But you know, it's also context. So even if it isn't necessarily scary because we've seen these things a million times in every different way. Mm-hmm. It's still a, you know, here it is, here's the thing. So the impact of it is probably going to be lessened on that anyway. But, you know, he drew it just like it looks, yeah. you know, in, in, in the, certainly in the first movie and this, and the second movie, this kind of movies in shadows a lot, but there was so many of them and there were so many things going on. You didn't really get a chance to focus on it, which is, I think another thing it's like the shark and jaws looks bad and fake, and so you never really get a chance to sit there and focus and look on it. You can't do that on a comic book page. Right. So, But the thing is, you'd see that one page where it stands there in the full shot, though. And the last panel on that page is sort of the profile of the face coming at the other face. Mm-hmm. And that is always scary, no matter sure. what. That's always terrifying. Uh, for whatever reason, that imagery, because that mouth that, go, you know, that, that punches out. and. Yeah. Um, so talking about the story, basically what you've got is not LV-426. I checked. <laughs> and I was like, well, which, which, where is this? And it turns out that it's LV-871, which would seem to be much later if they're doing it chronologically, by right. the way. Basically, the Whalen yutani Corporation had sent lots of ships out, apparently 871 at least, <laughs> although those numbers might mean something else. But a lot of ships went out to other planets with the hope of terraforming them. Right. Making them habitable spaces. Now, the one on LV 426 wasn't all that advanced or that far along when they got ravaged by the aliens. This one 
like they seem to be living in almost kind of regular houses. They have streets. They have a garage. It's not unlike our world. Imagine something like I want to say it's I want to say it's closest to maybe it's just we were just reading like an Israeli settlement. You know, like it's out in sort of the outskirts. Yeah, it's but I mean, she says she mentions place. at one point she says the uh, I should never have brought you here. To, she's talking to her son. I just didn't mm-hmm. know what else to do. The company contract was supposed to get us through before the terraforming didn't take, before the subsidies dried up. So clearly, right. I mean, it looks like a city, but, they, but it must not have worked, I guess. Right, but I guess they built this infrastructure, but then the other thing didn't work, and then all of a sudden they lose them. So you've got, again, you've got an economic sort of factor, but they built all the stuff around it. It just didn't turn out what it was supposed to be, like a dead community almost. But there's right. people there, and then they all have to try to escape. I like that sort of you know, near future, hard sci-fi, look at, at something. It's a different context for these characters, or these, yeah. these, these xenomorphs, because we've seen them on ships a lot mm-hmm. in the middle of space. But here, it's almost like that's, it's almost like Jurassic Park, the lost yeah. world in which the T-Rex made it to San Diego or whatever. You know, seeing them in or a different context is, is interesting. Just before, like, we, before we get to the characters in Aliens, right. you know, the, sort of the first part, if you saw what it was like, you know, when they first showed up and started attacking everybody. But also that this society, this this LV-871, the Trono colony, is further along, right? you know, in sort of their settlement. So they're more comfortable. So therefore, it's even scarier. Yeah. Also, for us, having more knowledge than the characters, we know that when the kid finds his mom with the mm-hmm. alien sack on her face. The face hugger. The face hugger. We know what's going to happen, so we're just waiting the whole time. Yes, and it does happen at the end, which does have a which does have an interesting effect of you know like in Alien when they get I can't uh, John Hurt I can't think of the character's name right mm-hmm. now when they get him free you're like oh it's okay and so the first time you'd seen that you didn't know that he was going to the chestburster was coming right you know in this you do and so the whole time you know like the characters keep feeling these moments of relief but we're like don't not yet don't it's not <laughs> right. No matter how many times you get away, you're not away. They're inside you. I thought this was super fun. Yep. I like the Alien movies a lot, at least the first two. We're in the bag for Hardman doing it. If if he's going to do a licensed property, it's probably going to be something that he likes a lot. And then chances are I'm going to like it too, and I did. I would like to thank the patrons because I wouldn't have known about this book if they hadn't voted for it. Yeah. It seems like a lot of interesting things happen with the Alien ones over at Dark Horse. Mm -hmm. They've definitely put some really cool interesting folks on them i'm thinking of the stoko book a while ago which if nothing else was just fun to look at right for sure i mean it's it's a, it's a property i think a lot of creators really like yeah and that always helps i also feel like like i, I feel lucky like we just got that green lantern hardcover and then right on the heels of that is this and i was like well, it's great more game <laughs> it's, a, it's very similar to what i thought so uh the mighty thor 706 it's over <laughs> it wraps it's up all over Except, basically, at the end of the last one, Jane Foster valiantly sacrifices herself by becoming Thor and beating Mangog. And this is the Requiem issue, more or less, mm-hmm. where she finds herself in the afterlife with, with lovely, beautiful hair and behind, in front of the gates of a, a beautiful golden door. And she's at the gates of Valhalla. And then Odin comes along, who is all bloodied and beaten, and he's like, You! You were pretty great. <laughs> go into Valhalla. It's great. Have a drink. It's wonderful. And she's like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Party in there, though. And then back on, like, I don't know, the moon, wherever the hell all the Asgardians are, Thor is like, we need to bring her back. So he does a lot of magic to try to bring her back to life. And he does. And she's back alive, but she still has the cancer. But now she's not going to be Thor anymore. She's going to go get the, the chemo. I don't know. I don't know about this as a choice. They would have brought her back eventually, and it's sort of the gods, and they bring her back, and she's the hero, and 
It's always the problem with the, the killing the character off in a big emotional way is that you know they're coming back. Well, I mean, the choice here, though, wasn't to just let it sit. They just right. took care of it right away. They gave her the reward. But she still has the cancer. I mean, she's still got to go through that. And then Thor ends up with basically, like, he's going to be Thor again. He's got, like, a little tiny piece of the hammer in his hand, and he's going to go, you know, I don't know, make something new. Maybe I he's going to make a hammer like we just saw in the movie. Listen, I don't know. <laughs> with the movie hair he's got. Possibly. His arm is gone. He's one-armed in this. But uh, there's a really nice sort of wrap-up at the end by Jason Aaron and Russell Dowderman uh, where they both write a couple of paragraphs about their experience on the book and what it meant and the, sort of the four years of drawing this and writing this. And um, I liked it. I thought overall it was a really, really good overall story. Thor's going to come back. Mike Del Mundo is going to be the artist on it, which um, Mike Del Mundo has worked with Jason Aaron before on some really good books. So I'm excited for that. He's a really good artist. I think he's very right for Thor. And I'm excited to see what Russell Dotterman goes on to. They didn't really announce it or anything in here. But, you know, top-notch work the whole way through. It's a really big, you know, fun, epic Thor story that's still going on. It's incredible how long he's been doing this. It's really good at it. I mean, it's, we, we said this before, but, like, I keep coming back to the, like, I, I really like Jason Aaron's work. I will test out anything he's going to write or whatever. But unless... Unless it's one of his creator-owned books, I couldn't tell you it was him most of the time. Interesting. He just doesn't, like, and I mean that in the best possible way. Like, his own voice, he's got a strength. It's, it's subtle, but it's not like you be like, you can see the characters talking, you see the structure of the story, go, oh, that's a Jason Aaron story. He, he really, like, he, he he doesn't throw his own voice in there in the same way that, like a Bendis does. You can always tell what a Bendis book is or a, or a Warren Ellis book. But that's not a negative. Like, I don't. It doesn't take away from now in the the creator owned stuff. You know your Southern bastards, your scalped, your what's that other god, the religious one, that, godless. Is that what it was? Goddamned, the, the goddamned. Goddamned, yeah. yeah. Is that still a thing? I don't. Know. It has been thinking in a long time. Okay, in that they're like, oh, that's him. Like I can see that, but in in the sort of Marvel stuff, that's it's interesting. A I tend to think he has a really identifiable tone hmm. to his his superhero stuff. I, I haven't read this the Star Wars stuff, but. I feel like he has a very distinct tone that, like, Donny Cates comes close to, but, like, it's like no one else really gets from, mm. from Marvel. I think that's, that's why Thor works so well. There's an, ep- I mean, there, yeah, I think, like, thematically, you can see there's a big epic quality uh, and a big sort of scary thing. And then it's actually similar. It's, it's not similar to the movies, but there's a sense of humor matched with the bigness yeah, that I think for sure. comes in. And you, you've seen it in these books. You've seen it in the X-Men books in the school. But the, also the, just like you know. a sense of humor that acknowledges that it's this is all sure. still comics. You know? Yeah. That's why it works so well. Anyway, I'm looking forward to the next series. Let's talk some more. I know people are probably sick of it about Doctor Strange because we had the end, finally the end of the Damnation story this week with Doctor Strange Damnation number four and Doctor Strange number 389. Uh, there was no reading order for these. I was really hoping. I was. One. I tried to check before I got started, and I'm not sure if I did it right or not at the end. But I don't think it mattered. It didn't matter because I, I opened up the regular Doctor Strange book first, and it said this issue takes place concurrently with Doctor Strange and Damnation. And I was like, oh well, crap. Mm-hmm. I think I read Doctor Strange first, and then I read Damnation. I did that in Doctor Strange 39. They basically he's recapping Damnation, kind of. Yes. <laughs> and then I was like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> yes, that's correct. So then I went and read Damnation. As, mu- as many jokes as I made about this, this series seem like it's been going on forever, uh, I really did enjoy it. And I think I'm going to uh, be sad when, when this run is over from Donny Cates. Because yeah. I think he's, he has that really great tone down. And th- it's a similar tone to Thor because this is a big cosmic story from, that Doctor Strange lives in. Well, Jason and Aaron wrote this before him. I really liked it. I did too. And I think it was the right length. 
every little spinoff that I chose to read, I enjoyed as part of the whole. It was a little deconstructed so that even if you didn't read it in the right order, it kind of all worked. Like I read the Ghost Rider story that put him on the throne of hell. And like later I was like, oh, I see how that fit in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that that worked. Or the Iron Fist stories, you know, they all let them play in the little world, but without you needing to necessarily read it. So in the regular Doctor Strange issue, I like the turn where they make a deal with Dormammu and then screw him over. Yeah. Doctor Strange has really taken on a bit of a John Constantine thing in this. Yeah. In this version, yeah. I've noticed where he's a little bit like, oh, I'm wrecking everybody's lives and I'm going to lie if I have to get stuff done. But, you know, like we're living in an era like because I remember when we were we were coming up in the world, say six, seven years prior to now. Doctor Strange was this character that everybody talked about liking. But there wasn't really a very strong presence for him. Mm-hmm. There'd be a story every once in a while where he'd pop up. And then he eventually ended up on the Avengers, I think. But then he was replaced by Brother Voodoo, who became the new Sorcerer Supreme for a while. And, like, for most of my comic reading life, Doctor Strange was not a current presence. No. And he is now. Yeah, I mean, good one. yeah, you're right. I mean, he was he was a guy that the heroes that you read called on in some strange situation that involved demons or something, and he was always fun when he showed up. But uh, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't someone who you read regularly. But he also wasn't very like formed. Like we didn't really know who he was or what he was like because he didn't show up enough. He wasn't hang- we weren't reading or an ongoing or anything right. like that. And then I don't know. I guess it was just all these guys who are a little bit older than us mm-hmm. wanting to bring him back. Uh, you know, Brian K. Vaughn did that miniseries everybody loved, and Bendis brought him into the Avengers, and or brought him back into the Avengers, and mm-hmm. made him a centerpiece, and and then uh, you know they obviously made a movie about him, so he got his his various series, and so now I, I think he's a really fun character here, especially. Yeah, yeah, and and I think the art on these both of these books has been really great. Rod Reese, who I really like, it's sort of very similar to oh, what's that guy? He used to do Green Lantern, and then he did Avengers. Um. For a while, I don't know. What's funny about Nico Henrichon, who does the re- who did the regular book issue, is that he's a terrific artist, but more in an indie style. So his his action can be great, but sometimes it can look a little silly. Mm-hmm. There's the scene in where they're all the Avengers are sort of in a circle, holding off the demons, and they've got to put their fists up, and they, they none of them really look all that threatening. Mm-hmm. But he was great in this issue. I, mean, I kind of like that though. Not all the time, but sometimes you see the villain standing around, and I think in this one it worked. Because it just sort of like grounds everything for a second. You're like, they're just dudes, you know, <laughs> sort of standing around all together, which is kind of funny. It doesn't always work. Sometimes yeah. it does. But this was great. And I'm looking forward to what's happening next. The, you know, the, the cover looks funny for the next issue. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily buy that Doctor Strange is in love with Zelma. I kind of wish they didn't. Yeah. Just because, I don't know, just let, let somebody not have a relationship. You know, let it be a thing. Let it be the same as Wong. He gets, you know, like she's supposed to be the replacement Wong. She doesn't have to. I always get the sense, too, like that she was a lot younger than him and there was like a tutelage sort of thing. So I don't necessarily like that as a choice. I haven't seen anything to to make it like I've read all these issues. I've read it since. Sure. Since Jason Aaron did it. I just don't get the sense that he was ever in love with her. I I guess we'll find out. As a whole, I've really been enjoying Doctor Strange up to this point. People are probably sick of us talking about it, but it's still very good. So what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it's good stuff. I'm trying to figure out who that artist was. He did uncanny, uh, the uncanny Avengers with Rick Remender. Oh, do you mean um, he draws see, sort of like Kirby, see, but the also thing is you say it out loud and it makes it leave my head. So let's no, I, I let's move on, then it'll, it'll come back. It will come back. 
Yeah. And then I've clicked away from my script. Sorry about that, everyone. Bad radio. So if you want to make it better. Do the ad read. Come on. You go to pay. That's what I'm saying. You you should help support us because the fact is I'm just clicking around. I'm not paying attention. I'm doing my show. But the more people go to patreon.com slash iFanboy and support the show, maybe I'll start taking this a little seriously for once. <laughs> start acting professional. Uh, there's is The pledge drive is still ongoing. They're trying to get to the point uh, for the next goal where we uh, will do a monthly non-comics media podcast, a sort of Susan of our annual uh, all-media podcast. Uh, which will, in effect, leave us with less to talk about at that point. Although those are like six-hour shows, so that's probably not so bad. Did you mean Daniel Acuna? I did mean Daniel that's Acuna. A, yeah. Exactly. Rod Reese is, is reminds me of Daniel Acuna, and I also would like to know what happened to Daniel Acuna because he's really, really, really good. Yeah. It's probably just doing some book I don't know about. And so, as I said, next stretch goal is the non-comics media podcast. Everybody else who is uh, donating, help supporting the show, we thank you so much. It's uh, it, it means a ton to us. It's actually been a sort of fun third, fourth, whatever act we're on mm-hmm. <laughs> to sort of have that thing going on. And 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 what's actually really fun is there's like a, a, a resurgence of uh, of community that yes. I think we haven't seen in a while on the patron page and on the Facebook page. Um, there's a patron group. Uh, for folks on Facebook, and those conversations are coming back, and they're talking to each other, and it's a little like the old days, if you remember that, which is kind of it's kind of cool. I'm actually enjoying that as a thing, because that's one of the things I was very proud of. There's people who became friends forever and ever ago, because they all were listening to our show or coming to our website, and they still are, and I, I like that that's ongoing. Mm-hmm. You can also check out our t-shirts. We have t-shirts and also other products. Bath Not mats. just t-shirts, bath mats, uh, shower curtains, phone cases, these kinds of things. You can click on the different sections for each of the designs, of which there are now seven? Seven. Seven. It's a lucky number. Nothing Makes Sense, Nothing Matters, our most recent shirt. It both seems positive and uh, anarchic at the same time. So I like that it is a dichotomy of itself. <laughs> it was a good motto for life. It is. It, it's, it's, it, listen, this isn't my fault. Nothing makes sense. Nothing matters. I can't be responsible. <laughs> That may be not the way to go, but it helps you get through a moment if you need to. Um, see, I told you we'd touch on it. In the ad reads, no less. There's free shipping on those shirts and items through May 7th uh, with qualifying orders. So go and check that out, ifanboy.threadless.com. People are getting the bath mats, and I think that's great. You should send us pictures of your bath mats, but not your feet. Well, you know, the context is good. I guess. I just I just, I don't like feet. Okay. That's, that's a me thing. I get it. That's fine. If, you, if you're not into Patreon, that's not your thing. Then I, I can't fault you for that. You can go to and you, but you you still want to, to uh, donate or take part. You can go to ifanboy.com/support, and there's still a direct donation link via PayPal. If that's the thing that you'd like to do, or of course you can go to ifanboy.com/amazon. You can find links to buy all the books uh, in our books books load and a general link there. Um, you can find our pick of the week is always linked in the pick of the week podcast post. If you need a place to pick up that book, and of course the other books that you could get by looking through there. So I wanted to talk about one page on the Flash 45. We've talked in the past about being very confused about what DC is doing with their continuity, We're not, about how Doomsday Clock doesn't seem to be addressing it, and how if they just were going to let it be, they would just stop referencing things from the old continuity. And here in the last page of the Flash, Wally, he gets reunited with Iris. Iris remembers who he is, and through Iris remembering who he is, he suddenly remembers everything. And then we get a page of various memories of Wally from the previous continuity. And so I just wish we knew what they were doing because it's been so long. 
and they don't seem to be putting a stake in the ground. They keep wanting to seem to have it both ways. But for my money, if if you keep referencing it, you have to deal with it. And if you're not going to deal with it, then you need to just stop referencing it. They're never. I mean, they're never. They're always the idea that there's there's all these universes. And they approach them from lots. There's the multiverse. There's the 52. There's infinite Earths. There's whatever. That's always going to be there in the background, just reshaping how we look at it or how it's accessible or something like that. And I feel like you're, they're never going to get rid of that because it's just there's too much possibility there of things that were created. No, I mean, what I mean is is that they need to figure out, okay, are they changing some things back? Are we staying? Are we just keeping? If we're keeping forward, then they need to stop teasing out these moments in which characters like Wally keep remembering the past because it doesn't actually lead to anything other than they just keep having these moments but isn't i mean which is this is, un- this is unprecedented in, in comics yeah before. i was gonna say like isn't that kind of what you're signed up for like this is the most classic of flash no no i'm, I'm being like. serious this is unprecedented this is not something that's really? been done before yeah they, this, they've never actually kept continually teased old continuity like this and so the fact that they keep doing that means they have to deal with it Mm-hmm. They have to. Otherwise, I mean, in the past when continuities have changed, they've just moved forward with it. And maybe every once in a while for a very special issue, they would do something, but it would be fleeting. But this is something that is, is happening over and over again, especially with Wally West. No, I just think they're moving it really slow, probably because the other thing is moving really slow. And I, if they're connected, we'll see. And if not, par for the course. <laughs> it's just interesting that they keep doing that. And I just really would like them to figure out what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Old man Hawkeye, dude. Oh man, Hawkeye is real good. You put it on here, so you must have something specific well, this, to if, say. Well, I think if if I had been a Thunderbolts guy like you, this might have been a pick contender because a lot of think a lot of the emotional weight was not lost on me, but wasn't as impactful. In which uh, Hawkeye has a showdown with one of his old teammates from the Thunderbolts. Yeah, I thought this was really great. It was really good, and I I liked. I like the whole way they did Abe. And what's funny is that out of all the Thunderbolts characters, Abe as mock. 1 through 10, whichever, depending on which one he is, mm-hmm. uh, has sort of shown up here and there a bit, uh, you know, as an as a good guy since then. But I really like this jump forward and a lot of stuff happened in between there and they never dealt with the past. And it's funny because this version of Hawkeye, it feels like a more natural extension of who the character actually would end up as if you don't count the fraction Hawkeye era. Right. He's going to go shoot this guy in the face because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> right. At the end of at the end of the whole thing, you know, he's he, he's gonna get shot in the face. And he does. It's grim, but that's sort of where we are. I don't want again. Don't want every book to be like that. But this I also fun. really enjoyed how incompetent the children of Craven were. <laughs> Unearned uh, confidence. <laughs> I mean, they were just they were like Keystone Cravens over here. That's true. That's they were. They must have been fun to write. Yeah. But also, it also how competent Bullseye still is. I oh, think is, sure. is always the thing. And his bowler hat. Yes. Speaking of Hawkeye, Avengers six ninety finally ended the, I guess, no surrender story, uh, the weekly story that's been happening and leading up to the reboot of Avengers. This is mostly a wrap up because the story basically ended last issue. This is like an epilogue. But I do want to mention that Hawkeye is, meets with Bruce Banner and he's back in his Hawkeye gear and. Bruce is like, oh, you're not wearing your old suit anymore. He said, I consider that my formal wear. I just wanted to tell you that's what he said. (laughs) All right. I read Exiles 2, which didn't Exiles 1 just come out? Well, sure. It's all weekly. Yeah, I don't like it. I read it too when when you I had forgotten about it. We had talked about it with Ryan, and I was intrigued about the second issue, if only to see if they were going to 
uh, be going to the Marvel Cinematic Universe with the with the Valkyrie character, and I forgot to read it, and you put it on the list, and I said, oh shit, so I frantically read it before the show, and uh, didn't didn't do anything for me. Yeah, I, yeah, it, it, it you know it's not bad. It's a whole thing, but I don't I don't want it. It's not it's not my thing. I don't like. I, I was I had to get through that whole Wolverine thing, whatever that is, and then we cut right to the unseen, and I just thought, I, no, I, I don't I don't actually I I think the idea of old lady and Ms. Marvel is fun, but I I also don't want to spend time with her. Yeah, I mean, so they didn't go to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It was just some random universe where Valkyrie looks like the character from from the movies and talks like Thor in the comics, and that was fine, but not interesting. Chibi Wolverine was annoying, and the unseen is stupid, so all those things together doesn't really... I'm not really that all that interested in reading more. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I don't have to like, you know, it's not even that it's bad. I just like, I don't, I don't want this. Did you read the Thanos annual? I did not, know. I still haven't read the last issue. I still have it in my iPad on my queue. I haven't read it. Basically, uh, that has nothing to do with that, basically. It's like a story of Thanos' cruelty as written by, like, in just little three- and four-page short stories bookended by, basically, um, the I forget what he is, but he's he's the ghostwriter who is Frank Castle, so the future ghostwriter, right. basically. So you got a story by Donnie Cates. You got a story by uh, Chris Hastings, one by Kieran Gillen. You got one by Katie Cook. Uh, done uh, cartoon in her style, Will North and Al Ewing. Um, and it's just a bunch of little shorts. <laughs> I really liked it. It was fun. And in contrast to the film mm-hmm. that some of you out there may be aware, there's a Marvel Studios uh, feature film. Yeah, no, it's a, Why didn't they do any press movie. over it? I know. Why didn't they promote it? Anyway, in contrast to that, this Thanos is the, is the comic book Thanos. So his his motivation is the death and you know like right. all you know, all that stuff. So it's basically it, it is not a reworking to suit. It's just our Thanos, and it shows it's actually funny and sort of scary and dark and and interesting. Like there's this one story where like Thanos is is just going and fucking with people's lives using all of his power. Mm-hmm. And so like he walks an old lady across the street, and it seems like it's very nice. But in doing so, he caused the bus to be a little bit later, and this girl on the bus never had a chance encounter, and she missed what her life would have been. So he's Lex Luthor. Yeah, he's evil. Or <laughs> he goes and he, you know, he kills a whole world. Of, it just—it's very unlike you to like a book like that. It was very short. I thought I was going to be like sixty pages. I mean, nobody was thirty-two pages, so it was just a standard comic book size. And I really like when people can do, and they were good. That's—I mean—that's the difference. Right, like they were they were good little stories, and and I I think I you know I read it I read it before I saw the movie, but you know I was into it. It was really fun. I I everyone should check it out. All right, well those are the books we wanted to talk about this week. If you go to ifanboy.com, you can find the post for the show. You can talk about those books or other books we read. Also this week, let's talk about the patron pick. That's where patrons over at Patreon.com/ifanboy can vote to add a book to the rundown. They do that every week. Any patron can vote. It was a nail biter this week, Josh. We had three books. In contention, one dropped off late. The second place book ended up beating the first place book at the very end. And that book is Hunt for Wolverine number one, which is, I guess, a special kicking off something. I didn't get a sense this was a miniseries. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's number one. Who knows? We don't know anything. We just read the books. It says end at the end. It doesn't say, like, continued. So I just assume Mm -hmm. it was a special uh, that shows how Wolverine got to being from being dead to not being dead. Written by Charles Soule with the main story by art by Dave Marquez, who we love. I'm kind of happy that this was the pick because there's no way now you would have ever read this. So I'm curious what you I actually, No, I did. I read it before. Oh, interesting. 
Uh, well, I read The Death of Wolverine that Charles wrote. That's so, true. you know, and I saw Marquez was on it and I, I really I like his work. So I went to look at it. It was very the first bit, especially it was very X-Men. The thing is, like the Death of Wolverine didn't feel so much like it. Like if I was reading just an X-Men issue, because uh-huh. I don't think of, I, I can read Wolverine out of the context of the X-Men usually within the context of the X-Men, X-Men, not so much. I don't really care. There's bits of it that I that I know fairly well. Like so, there's bits of it in this that are, you know, the main guys. It's it's Kitty Pride and Colossus and and Nightcrawler. I I get them. I know what it is. It's yeah. The beginning part with the Reavers and all that stuff. Like I don't know that stuff as well. I I understand it, but yeah, there's different parts of the X Men I know and certain certain parts of it I don't know at all. So I I had read it beforehand. I was going to. I thought maybe this will kick off a thing. I, Killing Wolverine was stupid. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't what they do, but you know, like you knew they'd bring him back. So let's just get on with it. And I really – it's funny because Wolverine I thought always was really – whatever his version of him now, which is almost like an elder statesman, mm-hmm. doesn't give a fuck. Old man you know, who is on the Avengers at the same time. I, I liked that. I liked what uh, Bendis did with him over whatever the last decade or so. Yes. More than that. So I guess I was trying to go back and get that and I liked him in charge of the school. I thought that was you know fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much I want to s- – so basically we've – I don't know, it's not flash forward, but we get a glimpse of Wolverine all dressed in black somewhere, just popping his claws over and over again, sitting in a room, brooding quietly. Uh, and he kills somebody. Right. And well, that's, he, yes, all, that's a know. present. He's, he's, because yeah. now he had, he's popped his claws in some dude's chest, and then it's really bloody. And then the next time we see him like that, he's sitting and popping his claws over and over again. We don't know what's going on with that. We do know that. They have that statue because he was quote unquote killed by the adamantium. It melted over him and turned him into a statue, and so they had like a little, little shrine for him out in the Canadian woods. The Reavers showed up to to steal his body because it would, it would be worth a lot, and of course the X Men have an alarm set up and they went they go to stop him and find out that actually he's not in there because uh, previously they had moved his body out. The X Men they used Kitty Pride's phasing ability to move his body out of the statue and bury it. A, I feel like he, if he didn't have his healing power anymore, which is why he died, his body should have been all burnt up from the melted metal. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Nothing makes sense. His body's <laughs> also gone from the grave, so they figure out he's actually not where he's supposed to be anymore. You know, the classic sort of hero resurrection thing. And I, I, th- I mean, I thought this was fun. Yeah. I had a good time with it. And the backup story dropped by Paolo Segura features Kitty going to Tony Stark to have him help find... Wolverine and he basically is gathering up the new Avengers to do it. Mm-hmm. He pulls up the files of Luke Cage, Spider Man, woman with hair could be Jessica Jones, could be anyone, and then Daredevil. So it's kind of like... I had that same thought. That was a very good job uh, narrowing what that down, <laughs> went down what that was. <laughs> woman with hair could be who knows. I mean, it's, it's kind of big hair. It could be Black Widow. I mean, it really is. Could be anyone because it's not colored. So he seems like he's gathering up some cobbled together version of the new Avengers to go find Logan. So who knows where these stories are going to lead? Is the blind lady who was Ronan? I don't know. <laughs> it could be anyone. One more there. <laughs> but overall, I thought this was fun. I like this. I like Wolverine. I'm, I'm happy he's back because Marvel is not the same without him. What I was going to say, though, is what I don't want is... I don't, I don't want to read six months of stories as they try to get his mind back. Yeah. yeah this yeah. is now. I, I just want the other guy back. It's true. And then really you've like got that stuff. Man Wolverine who's there, and then you've got two versions of Jean Grey, and and that all seems very X-Men to me, but I don't want it. It's very modern. I mean, 
I'm yeah. not. Yeah. I, I've, I've, I've read X-Men comics forever, but I'm not an expert like our old host Ron was. But it's very modern X-Men to have all these versions. I don't remember there ever being multiple versions except for when Rachel Summers came around and she was sort of a, a second version of Jean. But, I mean, to have all these different versions of the X-Men running around is weird. She was like a clone, though. She wasn't like the same person from a different time stream. Right. Again, yeah. that's super comic booky. It's just – it gets – it gets tedious to me after a while. It's interesting for a bit, but then you have the first class kids just stick around forever. And it's just well, especially in this issue where Jean is there, and they don't really tell you what Jean she is until the end. It's hard to have context for what people are saying, especially when they draw the old Jean to look young. It's a bit of a mess. They need to do some house cleaning on the on the X Men. I don't think Old Man Logan yeah. needs to be around anymore. I don't. I know that was a great miniseries by Mark Miller and Steve McNevin. Period. Yep. So go to patreon.com slash iFanboy. Oh, we didn't we didn't do the ratings. 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 Uh, ratings on Hunt for Wolverine. I'm going to give it a four. Four. And I will stick with the storyline. I don't think there's any more Hunt for Wolverine, but I'll stick with the storyline. I might, depending on the story and the way in which it presents itself and if I know about it. There you go. Like, I have to be aware of it when it's for happening. Sure. And as I said, patreon.com slash iFanboy. That's where you can go. Become a patron. You can vote on the patron pick every week. And also, if you give it the $5 higher level... We give you a dumb superpower live on the show, right here, right now. And I will tell you right now, I have not prepared this week, so this is live. Nor am I. I just looked down and I said, oh, that's a thing that's happening. <laughs> so first, we'd like to thank Keith Hennessy. And Keith Hennessy, he can grow a tree. He can, he can cause it to grow out of the ground. And that tree is a money tree. <laughs> that money tree only has $45 on it. For some reason, when you were saying that, I pictured all the words coming out of Jin Yang. <laughs> and also, and that, he, he can only do it once a year. So, so he's good for one tree and $45 a year. Yes. He can stand oh. there and raise his hands up and this tree will come out of the ground. At, like Magically, there'll be like one of those choruses of, oh, the lights will shut because he, he caused life to grow. And then it'll sprout dollar bills. There'll be 45 of them. Do you just use that money for like, like, can you blow that money or do you? I don't like know. I mean, supposed to do something special with it. Like maybe it used to feel like it was special, but now he's like. Well, oh, when you're a kid, you know, break. if you're like a teenager with that power, 45 bucks, you do a lot with 45 bucks. Oh, sure. Bucks. That, I don't know. Is 45 bucks a lot to a kid now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But when I was a kid. Oh, my God. Uh, it was huge. I could have gotten like. 90 comics out of that but uh that's a that's a not large but it it sort of a mid-large level gi joe playset for sure now though it's not you know it's not even it's not even a it's not even a video game range of lego old men talking about inflation so (laughs) (laughs) he he can uh he can grow a 45 dollar money tree once a year We actually did that when I was a kid. It was a nickel to go to the movies. And it was completely unself-aware until it was. But there was a good stretch there where we didn't know we were doing it. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> the Sony Pop was 10 cents. <laughs> oh, man. Dan Summer always gets the tickets. Dan, I need you to get tickets. They're going on sale. I need this many. I want them close to the front. You got it. So he's like a really good hotel concierge. Yeah, but but it's more just like it's like uh, who's the who's the X Men with the luck? Long shot. Long shot. Yeah. It's like that. So it's magic, but with, but with ticket sales. 
does he he actually buys them or do they just appear like he manifests the tickets? No, he has to buy them, but he always gets the good ones. It's like the person you know who can always get a good parking space, mm-hmm. but it's it's focused on getting tickets. So, like, if you really want to see Hamilton, that's your guy. He's been banned from the lottery part of that, you know. Oh, I see. Interesting. He's got ticket luck. Ticket luck. Uh huh. Or 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 like you're going to the movies, you know, and and oh boy, that that's that show's sold out. No, I got five tickets. I got five tickets. They I, they just came up. Is it is it or planes? Can he only do it if someone asks him, or can he do it for himself? He can do it for himself. It's if he needs to buy tickets. All right. Any reserved spaces, that kind of thing. Did you miss out on the show recently? Nope. But I watched people walk around the middle of that movie theater just like five minutes to go going, I don't know why there's no seats around. <laughs> is that seat taken? Yes, it's taken. What are you, insane? This place is full. I have a shirt on it. <laughs> Wes Morrison, uh, he can cover all the surfaces in um, – uh, sticky notes. <laughs> he can. Yeah. Should he? Well, should he is a good question. But what <laughs> I'm saying is, uh, if you walk into a room and sort of outstretched his hands and made a little gritty face, suddenly everything would be covered in in post-its. Mm-hmm. Even people. So now you know. So he like he shoots the post-its out, and they they. Like he holds his hands outstretched and post-its come from them and then coat whatever surface he's, he's it's working sort on. Of, he doesn't shoot them out of his hands per se. They just sort of appear very quickly everywhere, covering everything. Okay. But they don't fly. It's not like you see them come. They just, they're just there already. But it's also not a snap of the fingers. He has to actually strain to do it. Oh, like pushing. Yeah, he's like... And then... Post-it notes everywhere. Uh, are there? Can he? Is there different? I know that there's different sizes and colors of post-it notes. Yeah. Can he control that? He can control it when he is um, feeling strong and rested. Sometimes it just when he's exhausted, he's, it's all yellow and the same size. Okay, but there, are they all? Are they all the 3M post-it brand ones? Because I think we all know those are the best. Yes, for sure. Okay. Yeah. That's but if good. he's really, if he's had his his oatmeal. You know, mm-hmm. he's had some sleep. He can he can do colors, sizes. But only of existing post-it notes. He can't make like a giant four foot post-it note. Uh-huh. I mean if if three sure. no, came out with product. one, then he could start doing it. They do have I've seen the large ones. Right. Extra large ones. Sure. But not like I wonder if it has to be in the current product line or if it's just at any point they had that product line branded post it. He keeps sending them letters that they think are from a crank. Uh-huh. Like, what if you made a car-sized post-it note? And they're like, what the fuck is this guy? Why keep, Wes Morrison keeps writing us. <laughs> and every time you say it, I think you're going to say General Westmoreland. Just General Westmoreland uh, could not do this. But Wes mm-hmm. Morrison can. So, uh, Django Boren has vacuum toes. Oh. Yeah, he just cleaned the place up. So just his toes vac- Where does the dust go? Who knows? <laughs> into the nether, into the netherworld, into yeah. the phantom zone. Yep, he cle- he vacuumed the place up with his toes. Did you get a vac? Hold on, let me take my shoes off. I haven't had a chance to just. Can you vacuum, please? I'm doing it. Is there a sound, or just it happens? 
Is there like a vacuum noise? There's a sound, but it'd be the sound of the of the air and particulates moving, but not necessarily. You wouldn't hear like a vacuum motor. Sound like a. Let's just happen. no, because that's from the motor. I see. That's not the sound of the airflow and the sort of the dust. But there's a but there is, sound. Yeah, and that that pleasing sound of the dirt coming up. Mm-hmm. You know when you put your vacuum over like a particularly dirty sound. Part? Yeah, that sound. It's a good sound. It's a great sound. Because you're like, oh, I'm doing something. <laughs> For once in my life, I'm accomplishing something. There it is again. <laughs> Patreon.com slash iFanboy. Thank you to all of our patrons who give it the $5 or higher level and get your superpower on the show. We thank you for, for keeping the lights on here. Now let's we can we can do some quick emails. Let's do one from Ethan J who says, How long does it take each of you to read a twenty page comic? How long per page? I know it must vary a bit depending on density of text, but you guys are able to make intelligent appraisal on something that takes me ten minutes to read on average. Well, first thank you for thinking what we say is intelligent. That is that's so sweet of you, Ethan J. Um I don't know. And also, I mean, what you said is true. It also it really does depend on the, on the book, on the writer, and the and the art. I mean, this this it really does depend. Yes, and it depends on. I mean, some things are designed to move quickly. Yes, some things are not designed with that at all in mind, and they move very slowly. Sometimes, I do find myself. I find myself going back for two reasons. One is. I, I missed something and I got lost and then I'm trying to figure out if something that I missed or it's something where the art or story confused me, which are interchangeable. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to set myself back right again. And then other times, like I will have, I will just be like, I'll notice that something worked really, really well and I will go back and try to understand it in that way. That's what I, that's the only time, that's when it tends to take me longer and I, I will do that more and more frequently with artists who I really like or, or who are doing a really good job. I like to study what they're doing. I know that I'm guessing for the both of us that the, the ability to make an appraisal, it, you know, we've been doing this forever. And so we, uh, when we're reading, it's, it's, it's part of the process. It's happening while I'm reading. Even if it's in the background, I'm not realizing it. it I, I tell you on your average workaday comic, it's probably, I mean, it's probably in the five to 10 minute range. I say five to seven minutes. I'm not, timing it but i feel like that's probably what it is others I, there's not all the time but there are some that like i kind of feel like i should be reading or i have to read or i'm in the habit of reading but i in the middle of it i'm not all that interested or i can be like and, and i'll skip skim some stuff or if sometimes i'm just reading it for the art because i don't care about what's happening i just want to look at it i want to yeah. look how the artist is solving problems i do that a lot more than i used to um that's usually not stuff i talk about on the show if i'm talking about the show it's not a skimmed book Unless like I'm in it and I realize something happens that is interesting, and then I'll go back and try to figure out more. But you know, five, five to seven, five to eight minutes, something like that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's. I think I feel like that's just your average speed for the amount of mm-hmm. you know what's going on in these books. Now that's talking about a book. There's certain writers I'll look at and go, okay, I, I know I can knock out this one in, in a short amount of time because this is someone yes. who, who who writes few panels or you know sparse dialogue or whatever. But and sometimes I know this this is. This is a Bendis Powers book. It's going to take me a little bit longer to read this than other comics, hmm. so I'll ration out my free time in that way. But so for the most part, you're in the, you're in the five to seven to ten minute range for. Your I book. I find that I meant to put Strangers in Paradise on here. So, <laughs> like with that this week, I thought, oh, this is a lightish one. Usually, it's kind of fun. It moves quickly, and it was super dense. <laughs> mm. 
Not in a bad way, though. So it goes either right. way. Like some some things when they're long, you're like, oh, this should not be so long. And some things are, you know, when they're short, they shouldn't be like it just depends on the quality and the intention of the work. Sure. And that works the same in any medium, you know, like. Yes. You hated Blade Runner 2049 and thought it lasted for four days, whereas I loved it and thought it could have been twice as long. I didn't it didn't feel long to me at all. So it really just when you're into something, length sort of becomes irrelevant and time, time and space become irrelevant so there you go I'm picturing Matthew McConaughey and the robot TARS right now there's just no way of, of quantifying but that's but, uh, 5 to 7 to 10 minutes I think for short medium long that's probably what your range is for us sure so there you go so that's your email contact.ifanboy.com is where you can write us to be on the show give us a question thanks Ethan let's plug some shows so right behind this show we've alluded to it a couple times in the show is our Avengers Infinity War podcast in which we talk about Avengers Infinity War. Did we like it? Did we hate it? Were we ambivalent? Stay tuned. Go back in the feed and find out. Yeah. Also, we haven't recorded it yet, so that's why I don't know the answers to those questions. We don't talk about it. <laughs> so you'll find that on this on the on iTunes or any anywhere you listen to our podcast, you'll find that show or on fanboy.com where all of our shows are located. This coming week you will uh, have in your sweaty ears. A conversation with myself and uh, Marvel and image writer and Dark Horse. He's written for a lot of people. Don, Donnie Cates. Donnie Cates, everyone. I talked to him for a bit, and that show was supposed to go up this week, and it didn't. And that's on me. Did you tell him that I think his mob name should be Donnie Cakes? I don't think I did. Oh. Um, <clears throat> but he listens sometimes, so maybe <laughs> he just heard it now. Donnie Cakes would be his mob name. He'd always bring cakes to the meetings. Hey. Hey, Please, the, Donnie, Donnie Cakes is here. Hey, is that guy our friend, our friend with the things? You know, the did you bring the red velvet? <laughs> I like how you went with the Simpsons Joe Montana <laughs> um, gangster voice. I thought Thank that you. was a nice touch. I appreciate it. Donnie Cates, he'll be out this week, and there's a lot of Thanos talk there. So if you want more Thanos, well, everyone, buddy, I've got yeah. Thanos is the is the talk of the town right now. So check those shows out. They're all over at ifanboy.com where you can find all of our podcasts. And you can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ifanboy and following us at ifanboy on Twitter. You can also follow us individually at Jay Flanagan on Twitter and Instagram at Patrick on Instagram. Yeah, but for how long? Dominus. <laughs> <laughs> what, what if I just delete it all? <laughs> if yeah. you dig this show, write to write a review on iTunes or another place. But I don't know any other places. I'm sure they exist, but no one looks at them. So do it on iTunes, the show or any show that you like. Do it for the other shows too. And you know, you start with that one. See if you feel like still going. Now that you're warmed up, then you can do one for us. That's your call. That's fine. Better yet, just tell your friends about it. Tell people who might be interested. Post about it on your social media. Do what you will to to help us get the word out because we always like that. And we can't stop doing it so they can depend on it. So there's that. Uh, <laughs> that's how this works. You've had a long week, Josh. I, I really am. I really have. But you always have me. <laughs> always. <laughs> Forever. I know. Linked at the damn hip. Can't get rid of me. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. And I love him for that, everyone. That's not... You want to have a Connor, if you can get one, is what I'm saying. (laughs) 